Welcome to the Invest with Clarity podcast, where you will learn how success in investing, as in life, is the result of absolute clarity. Mark Pearson of Nepsis in Minneapolis, Minnesota, shares his passion for portfolio management and commitment to transparency and communication to allow investors to fully understand what they own and why, bringing them to clarity in their investments. And now, here are your co-hosts, Matt Halloran and Mark Pearson. Hello and welcome to another Invest with Clarity podcast with Mark Pearson. Today, I think a lot of things are going to kind of culminate, right? Because Mark talks, you know, all about investing with clarity and, and really, you know, making sure that you're in, you understand that you're investing in businesses, that you're not investing, you know, in the market. Today, we're going to talk about how to start investing like a business owner. And I'm super excited about you unpacking this, Mark, because like I've heard you kind of hint towards this. And you also said at the beginning that you actually have a white paper that's on the site. So we want to make sure that we get a link to that in the show notes. So what? So break this down for me, brother. Well, thanks, Biggie. Yes, first of all, people can go to investwithclarity.com, investwithclarity.com and download the new white paper. It's called Three Easy Ways to Stop Making Mistakes and Start Investing Like a Business Owner. And from a foundational standpoint, of course, we say invest with clarity is all about nepsis, right? Ultimate clarity. Nepsis is a Greek word, which means to be watchful, alert, and vigilant with a clear and sober mind against illusions and fear, thus allowing one to obtain ultimate clarity. And of course, we have talked about on multiple podcasts, Matt, the idea that uh, investors don't know what they own. They don't know why they own it. So their investment decisions at the end of the day become more emotional as opposed to fundamental. And of course, if a business owner ran their business based on emotions and not on fundamentals, we wouldn't have a lot of people in business today, right? And so the premise of investing with clarity is that the more you understand about what you own and why you own it, the more apt you are to stick to the process. So remember, I don't know if I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but uh, you know, in December of this past year, we're, we're recording this in March, right, of 19. And in December of 18, at the third month of the 20% correction that we had, by the way, on uh, Christmas Eve, I tweeted we were at the bottom, basically, and it was time to be buying like a banshee, which, of course, has turned out to be the accurate statement. The, that uh, $20 billion came out of equity funds in December, and I believe that was the highest month on record of equities coming out of the markets. Now, don't quote me on that, but I'm 99.99% sure that's $20 billion. And here it's March, January, February, March, the markets have been on a tear. And as we're speaking right now, the S&P 500 is up almost 14% year to date. Now, again, we don't invest in the market. We invest in businesses, right? The index is nothing more than a culmination of businesses. And I believe, as I've said many times to you before, that people focus on fees and focus on historical returns because they're not being educated on what questions to ask when it comes to investing their money. They're asking the wrong questions, right? Yeah. So this white paper is based on understanding three easy ways to start thinking like a business owner because the reality is, as you've heard me say many times, the stock market is nothing more than the greatest institution, the greatest market ever created to bring buyers and sellers of businesses together. People buy and sell stocks in that market. Stocks are equity in businesses. Therefore, you are an owner of a business or businesses. 
The problem is people own too many businesses, particularly because they're over-diversified, under-allocated, and there's opaqueness to what they own because mutual funds and and exchange-traded funds cannot give the data of what they own, what they're buying and selling. They only can do it historical when they do their SEC filings at the end of each quarter. So you're already, as an investor, whether you like it or not, believe it or not, you are automatically at a disadvantage compared to the portfolio manager. Because I know what I'm buying when I'm buying it. You don't. So I'm automatically at I'm autom- I'm automatically at an advantageous position, right? Yep. So the sooner the investor can know what's being bought, in theory, the sooner they are educated on being able to make a decision. Now, you may not want to buy it. You may want to buy it. That's a separate conversation. Investing for success is about positioning yourself the best way possible to be successful in your investment experience so you can accomplish your financial goals. So this white paper talks about the three easy ways to do that. All right. Well, what's the first easy way? Well, the first thing is, remember, the premise here is you want to think like a business owner. Have you ever talked to a business? When you were in the business, did, did you ever did you ever meet with a business owner that said that they didn't invest in the stock market, that they thought the stock market was nothing more than a gamble? They would rather invest in their own business because at least they know what they own and why. Oh, my God. I can't even, I, I could give you 100 examples. So absolutely. Yes. yes. So that's very common. Business owners, a lot of business owners, particularly small business owners, they don't invest, quote unquote, in the stock market. More importantly, what they don't do is they don't invest in businesses using the stock market. That's really what should be said, first of all, because they don't have the clarity of what's being bought. So if you have the clarity of what you own and you have the clarity of why you own it, and and let me give you this caveat, Matt, because this is a fact. A lot of people don't care about what they own. They just trust their advisor or they just trust a process. Most people don't even know what that process is, but they just trust the advisor. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, the problem there is that most investors don't care about what they own and why until they care about what they own and why. Oh, like in December of 2018, maybe Absolutely. a lot of people cared. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the first one, first easy way is to understand the pride of ownership, right? Pride in knowing, you know, what you really own, right? And why? That gets to the number one point, which is actually the conviction and confidence. You know, look, economies expand and contract, okay? Great businesses go through good times and go through bad times. They all do, okay? It is the conviction and the confidence that you have in the business or businesses that you own that give you the emotional predisposition and the fiscal predisposition to invest more money in that business when it's on sale or not invest in that business when it's on sale. Now, of course, this gets back to uh, what we've talked about in previous podcasts, our buy discipline and sell discipline. What's the buy disciplines? What's the sell disciplines? If you follow those disciplines and you have confidence, right, and you can you can have conviction, it al- and it, it allows you to make better decisions. I.e., pride of ownership, having the pride of being a business owner. We have clients every once in a while say, "Hey, I want to buy some of this company. I want to buy some of that company. Can you buy me some Facebook? Can you buy me some Apple? Can you buy me some Berkshire Hathaway? Why do you want to do that? Because I like the company. Yeah. I want to invest in the business. 
I think it's a well-run company. I think they have a great brand. You know, cool story. I'm going to totally squirrel on you for just one second. Business ownership. I was in a client's account yesterday making some uh, some uh, transactions. I was, you know, managing the portfolio directly, and uh, I was looking. You know, I had the cost basis of uh, some of the positions and all the positions, but two in particular. And in this particular case, it was Visa and Mastercard. Now, this is not a solicitation. I gotta say the disclosure. Sorry, Matt. This is not a solicitation or a recommendation to buy any stock I mentioned in the podcast here, but. I started buying Visa and MasterCard for our clients on the day they went public, okay? And I've continually owned that stock per our SEC filings. His, his MasterCard position was up 850%. His Visa position was up like 700%. So like the, the MasterCard position started at like 5000 bucks. It was worth like $42,000 now, right? That's the pride of ownership. The problem is, and I've gone through the stats before, uh, 50 years ago, the average holding period of a stock was eight years. Mm-hmm. Today, the average holding period is eight months. Investment decisions on Wall Street are being made, and investors have no idea the who, what, where, when, why, and how those decisions are being made, because most of the time, they're being made by computers. So three easy ways. Number one is, is the persistent, I mean, is the uh, confidence and the conviction. I talked to you about conviction earlier, right? Yeah. If you have a mutual fund, Matt, with 800 holdings in it, right, uh, and, and most people can actually go to Morningstar.com and they can plug in a mutual fund ticker symbol or an exchange-traded fund ticker symbol, and you can click on links on there and you can get to the holdings. Now, you should understand that that information is old data, so it may not be accurate, but it will give them a snapshot, relatively speaking, of what's in their portfolio. You will find that most well, uh, most high-performing mutual funds, that it's five to six positions. Actually, it's three, three to five positions that make up the highest percentage of the portfolio. Right? Usually, anywhere between fifteen to twenty-five to thirty percent of the portfolio. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the seven hundred and ninety-five stocks, or thereabout, are less with usually more than half of them being less than 0.00% of the overall fund. In other words, conviction. Um, And we're going to do our next podcast, by the way, is going to be on conviction. This is going to coincide with this podcast because the AAII did a a deal earlier this year, AAII.com, American Association of Individual Investors, did a deal and did a paper on uh, invest, uh, did a paper on conviction. Uh, studies on portfolio managers with conviction and the performance. And there's information in our white paper on this as well. So when you have, when you invest like a business owner, business owners have conviction, right? Yes. They, 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 they not only have conviction, but they have confidence that if they continually invest in their business, even during, I, shall I say, a correction, a recession, a downtime, they don't sell it. They don't go to cash and try to guess when they should buy that company again, because the company is going to continue to execute on their business. And the fact of the matter is there are so many variables that go into the day-to-day price movement of stock. This is what Warren Buffett gets. This is what most people try to get, but they don't because they don't, because their emotions get too much of them. 
and that's because they don't have clarity. Now, so, I want to I want to poke you in the eye here because I haven't yeah, done this go in ahead. a while. Poke me all you want. Uh, so somebody comes to you, one of your clients, and they says, "Okay, well, you know, hey, I want Facebook, Apple, blah blah blah, Ford, whatever, whatever company," uh, and they give you that conviction. They give you that they know the business. What do you do? They usually don't know the business. <laughs> All right. Well, Uh, and I, I I thought it was the emotional, right? So I'm sorry. That's why I wanted to ask you the question. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so what we tell our clients and we don't have it happen very often because we tell our clients, and this is super, super important. And this is in our investment policy statement. Every position that's in a client's portfolio is owned for a specific reason to accomplish an entire execution. In other words, every position in the portfolio is owned for a specific reason for the portfolio to operate as a whole. Once you put something into that mix that's not part of the standard mix, you alter the overall, shall I say, purity of that allocation. Now, depending on how much you buy will depend upon how much impact it has on the portfolio, right? But we'll tell clients, look, if you want to buy something and own it, we get it. We, 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 it would be difficult for me to say no to that, Matt, because, you know, we preach know what you own and why you own. And if someone has a conviction to own something, we basically tell them, look, we're not going to advise you on when to buy it and when to sell it. We'll buy it for you. It'll sit in the portfolio. Understand it could potentially alter your portfolio a little bit depending on the size of it, you know, the size of the position. But we'll, we'll, we'll allow them to do it. But at the end of the day, it is about every position in the portfolio being owned for a specific reason to accomplish a long-term goal. And I love that. And I'm so glad that that's where you went with that because it, you are you are painting an entire picture here. And those outliers uh, might not complete the picture in the way that, that you really see that. Okay, so that was number one. So what what is the second easy way to stop making investment mistakes and start investing like a business owner? Persistence and perseverance persistence and perseverance. You know, it's both understanding the individual components, right, of the companies that investors hold and how they relate to another that is key. So in other words, when I talk about, hey, I throw this outlier, uh, they want to own Facebook. Okay, Facebook comes in there. Understanding the individual positions in that portfolio and adding something into it, how does that alter the overall strategy, is critical for the investor to understand and know, right? And so in the, the power behind investing with clarity, the power of knowing what you own and why you own it, i.e. when you want to know what you own and why you own it, is what gives the, the conviction it is then the persistence and the perseverance to not allow the emotional predispositions and understanding why every single position is owned in that portfolio for a specific reason that allows you to stick to the process. Business owners have a sense of stick that drives them on when their operations appear to slow down or competition is intensifying. In other words, they adjust their business, right? They make investments in different areas. When there's certain things happening within portfolios, we make adjustments, right? I mean, if a stock, if you put a stock in a portfolio, if you buy a business, right, like we did Celgene, we talked about Celgene in the mid-60s, right? 
and a month later, Bristol Myers buys them up and the stock goes up 38%. Do you hold on to that stock and then go to Bristol Myers with a position? Do you take the cash locking in and, and move into another position? Every situation is a little different. We made the decision to sell the position. Why? Because it's one component of a bunch of components. And the theory is that by selling this position and finding a better place to put it, what you're doing is you're saying that there is better utilization of the capital somewhere else, number one. And number two, because of this buyout, it is altering the overall chemistry of the portfolio that needs to be adjusted. The perseverance and the persistence of sticking to the process. Remember, we always say on the program, we don't sell a product. We don't sell money management. We don't sell financial planning at Nepsis. We sell a process. The road to Nepsis, the road to ultimate clarity, right? And so that persistence and perseverance uh, comes from having confidence in knowing what you own and why you own it, and therefore not being one of the doll bar statistics selling at market lows. But more importantly, it's not selling at market lows, frankly, Matt. It's selling businesses at deep discounts. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually, that's what a correction is. When people sell their businesses, when they sell their portfolio, mutual funds and ETFs, what they are doing is they are selling equity. They are selling their ownership in a business at a deep discount. Now, chew on that for a little bit. That's what people are doing. You love me, don't you? I do. I'm actually chewing is, is what I was doing there. So I was trying not to make noise because I know that's one of those things that irritates people. Uh, okay. So we've got one and we've got number two. So let's talk about what, what is the third uh, easy way that people can stop making mistakes. Thank you very much. Clear vision of goals. So investors, they go to a new, mo they go to a new money management firm. And by the way, this prospect that we, uh, this prospective client that we did the stress test for, we did our you know investment stress test. Portfolios were brutal. And, and, and the husband even said, I, I know I need help, hmm. right? The problem was the wife was not in the meetings. And ah. so she was out of town. She, was, she had to get out of town on an emergency. She comes back. She hasn't heard the stress test story. She hasn't heard all the stuff that the husband has. And the husband's like, no doubt about it. The wife comes back and says, I want 20-year returns and the fees are too high. How can you even know what the fees are too high if you haven't even been there to hear the value you're getting for it? Let me say that again. How can you know fees are too high if you weren't even in the meetings to understand the value you're receiving? You think about that for a minute. And then they wanted 20-year returns. These are people who asked the wrong questions because this is what Wall Street's trained them. Hey, historical returns. Remember we did the falling star, the morning yeah, star, yeah. falling stars, right? People, people focus on historical returns when the, when the statistically actually focusing on historical returns is a bad idea. But you're asking a firm that's been in business for 25 years for 20-year returns. For what reason? What do you need them for? You want to make sure we're okay at what we do? I mean, we're only managing a boatload of money, and we've been <laughs> here for 25 years. I mean, what else do you want to know? <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. And the fees? You don't even know what you're getting charged in the mutual funds and ETFs you yeah. own. How can you, even tell, how can you even tell us if that's too expensive? And you're not even there to hear what the value is. People focus on numbers mm -hmm. instead of focusing on their vision and goals. Where do they want to go? You know, we often ask the question, the two most important questions. Uh, are my investments doing the best they can? And no, that does not mean rate of return best they can. has to do with things way more important 
than short-term rate of returns? And number two, am I on track to have the financial future I want to have? Is my portfolio, my fuel, my asset allocation, my risk tolerance, the way my money is invested, is it appropriately allocated to help me accomplish the goals and visions I had in the future? Business owners have a solid understanding of their vision statement and their goals. And so, you know, Matt, I mean, I'm on my soapbox a little bit today, but just think about this. We had a, a client. Um, he was, he was uh, you know, you, every once in a while you get the know-it-alls, you know, think they can do it better than, you know, anybody else. <laughs> and this guy literally in January of this year fired the advisor in our firm and said, you know, you guys are worthless. And basically said it because he was mad about one stock. Mm-hmm. No one position makes or breaks the portfolio for long-term performance, but one stock. Okay. At that point in January, his portfolio is up like 10% year to date already or something big, huge, an eight to 10, something like that. He's a balanced client, by the way. And he sits in cash and he says, I'm moving my money. Okay. Since it sat in cash, our portfolios went up about another six to seven percentage points before he went somewhere else. What people don't understand is that there is a cost to going to cash and moving your money. Oh, my gosh, yes. And you, this is why when we get new money in the door, we don't put it all to cash and put it all in our investments. It's a strategic process mm-hmm. over time. And this person made an investment decision based on one stock. Ironically, by the way, over the period that we had been managing his money, even with the bad position, his portfolio had done extremely well over the last eight, nine years. I mean, top 10 percentile in performance. Hmm. One stock made his decision for him, and it cost him seven more percentage points. So this is the power behind having a clear vision of your goals, understanding what you own and why you own it, so you are better educated to make the decisions to ultimately do what you're investing in the first place, which is to accomplish your long-term goals. You know, you keep using the word vision, and I'm standing here and I'm looking at my shoes, which I know might sound stupid, but um, what you're talking about value, right? So, so you know, I want 20 years returns. You know, so I'm wearing a pair of Birkenstocks right now. So, you know, you can make a judgment on me being a tree hugger or whatever you want. But so I'm wearing Birkenstocks, right? Birkenstocks have been around forever, Right. So, so just right. the fact that the business has made it much like yours for so long, and I pay a premium for these shoes because you know what? I know they're going to last for a long time. And that's the nice thing about when you truly look at what value is. If you look at, you know, investing in companies that have all of the different things that you're talking about, making sure that you're thinking like a business owner, I buy things like this because I try to think like a business owner. What is the best use of my money for what I need, going along the lines with what you're talking about with your portfolios, for that thing to do for me, right? And I will spend a little bit more 
on the grand scheme of things, because I know that long term it's going to pay off. And I don't I, I it's people are are short, so short sighted. And I love when you bring up the eight years versus eight months thing, because you bring that up often. And I yes. really hope our listeners are internalizing that because that is the huge philosophical difference of why people are doll bar statistics. They're not investing with clarity. They're not getting what they need out of their portfolios. Yes. A good, well said. Well, that's just it. You know, it's like Jeremy Siegel is part of our investment philosophy and our investment process. Jeremy Siegel, it's time in the market, not yep. time in the market, mm-hmm. right? It's And we, we, we break it down further and say it's time in an investment, not timing in investment. Right. And I've used historical examples one after the other where we've bought in the great companies and the stocks tanked after we bought them. But we kept buying them mm-hmm. because the long-term fundamentals hadn't changed. Or the, now the short-term fundamentals maybe had, but the long-term hadn't, right? Mm-hmm. And so... We continue to invest in that business because if you like something at at ten bucks, you gotta love it at five bucks. <laughs> Nothing else has changed. Yeah. But people don't know. People don't have that ability to make those decisions, Matt, because they're in mutual funds and exchange traded funds, and they own hundreds, if not thousands, of stocks. They don't know what percentage they own of those stocks. They don't know what the conviction level of each of those positions in the portfolio. And the bottom line is, it boils down to the more clarity you have, the more information you have about where your money is and what's happening with it. I believe the better equipped you are to make decisions for your long-term goals. It's that simple. All right. Let's uh, go back through those three easy ways to stop making the mistakes and start thinking like a business owner. And we'll wrap up today's podcast, Mark. You got it, Biggie. Number one, conviction and confidence. Number two, persistence and perseverance. Number three, clear vision of your goals. Can you please give everybody the uh, the link to uh, find this white paper one more time, yep. please? Yep. You can go to investwithclarity.com. Scroll down on the first page there, and you'll see it sitting right there. Click on it. You can download it, and uh, happy reading. Fantastic. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And of course, if you have not shared this with your friends and family, make sure you just click that share button super, super easy. And that way it will show up directly on your and your family's and friends listening device as Mark comes out with new podcasts. So for everybody at Nepsis, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. The content discussed is for informational purposes only. It is not a solicitation or recommendation for any securities that may be mentioned herein. Advisory services offered through Nepsis Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. 